You're listening to The Drew Marshall Show. And now, here's Drew and his trusty sidekick, Pierre, because my bladder's empty. Oh. Okay. Well, okay. So this is a bizarre <laughs> twist in the show. First of all, we have a guest go missing. For everyone tuning in to watch and listen to Kathy Lee Gifford, uh, she's she's at the bar right now. <laughs> a Sipping white wine with Hoda. But we do have a special guest caller on the phone. So, yeah, hello? Uh, hello. Apparently this is my son. Well, I, I heard you, a guest didn't show up, so I felt bad. <laughs> yeah. Pretend to be Kathy Lee. Yeah. No one will notice. <laughs> hi, hi, Drew. You're my favorite radio host. Josh, what a nice surprise. Thank you for calling in to the last show, man. Thanks. My voice is really high, so I must be serious. <laughs> oh, no worries. That's a pretty, pretty momentous occasion. Yeah, it is. And uh, I think I've dragged you into this a couple of times unwillingly. You, We had you do some voiceover work, did we not? Yeah, I think that was the very beginning. I did lots of commercials. Because <laughs> I was uh, too cheap to pay people, yes. Yep. Uh, still waiting for my checks, by the way. He was a live artist. Um, you, were, you performed live on the show, Josh? Yeah, I, I don't know if it was two or three times, at least two. I'm just playing um, Kathy Lee in the background. To, to You're playing Kathy Lee in the background while I'm interviewing my son. Yeah, to, to Ladies and gentlemen, Kathy Lee Gifford is on the Drew Marshall Show. Okay, that's enough. Yeah, so you performed twice on the show, probably because we couldn't find an artist, so thank you. Yeah, yeah. And, and you've co-hosted. holes left, right, and center. <laughs> you've co-hosted a few times as well. Actually, Josh... I mean, seriously, I wouldn't have asked you if I thought you sucked at this stuff. You've been a great co-host. You're a really good singer and a guitar player. I've always encouraged you to record more stuff, and I think you should do more. But you don't have time to scratch your bum these days because you have three kids. Yeah, pretty Hustling much. business. How are the children? Elora? Elora uh, is great. She, uh, We were in the, the van the other day, and, and I was saying something, and all of a sudden Elora goes, are you kidding me? No <laughs> way. So that's 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 her new phrase. She's like, "Are, are you kidding me?" <laughs> so she's uh, got the attitude of a thirteen-year-old. That's funny. That's so good. Yeah. At Finn and, and Hudson, the twin boys, they're known as the Bros, I believe. They're the Bros. Yeah. They they've stopped chewing on furniture, which is good. <laughs> it's genetic. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh, they can talk to my dog. Like, yeah, I was going to say, it's like having dogs, except way more expensive. That's yeah. too funny. Too funny. Well, good. Good. it was a real surprise and a pleasure to have you call in, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. No worries. Congrats on the final show and uh, your next chapter in life. Thanks, man. Thanks. I look forward to seeing more of your face because I won't be doing much. Well, he's balding, so there is more of his face. Right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hi-oh. 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 All right. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, dude. Thanks, man. Yeah. All right. Love you too, Josh. Regular listeners, 
thank you for eating so much bran. But also, <laughs> we want to let you know, well, we don't have to let you know. You know that that song means it's time for Meanwhile, Back on the Farm with my dad, Mr. Grant Marshall. Yeah. Papa Hi, G Drew. is in the hizzle. And he's actually in the house yes, right here. It's nice to be right beside you in the studio. Are you sure, though? Yeah, sure it is. It's been kind of a hot, sweaty afternoon. Oh. You know, we had the Good Brothers here earlier. And I listened to them. Uh, they were great. They were on pretty much for the whole hour. Did you hear the microphone goof up at the beginning? Not really. Okay. No, I well, missed that one. Of course because he couldn't hear anything because we, they weren't on the air. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they know Richmond Hill and they know you and uh, yeah. it's, it was just great to have It them. was Richmond Hill Day on the Drew Marshall was. Show. Well, Dad, why do you think that your segment, Meanwhile Back on the Farm, let me just read the, uh, the intro again so people who may not have heard it, maybe they're clued in a little more, we're losing a generation of respect, integrity, and honor a generation who were not afraid of hard work and sacrifice. My dad is that generation. Growing up on the farm taught Grant Marshall more about life than Google. So let's listen to this generation. Why are you such a rock star? I really haven't any idea, except <laughs> there must be a lot of people listening who was, they were raised on a farm. And I bet uh, in uh, your, your travels... Yes, uh, we had small town or we were raised on a farm. And sometimes uh, it, it kind of goes unnoticed in the general public, but uh, a lot of people did have a farm background. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Do you think it also might be the fact that it's, it's almost like talking to an alien? <laughs> people don't understand. Like, they think olives come from cans. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, true enough, they, uh, they don't realize the... Uh, that dirty old soil gives us sustenance. Yeah. Either we plant something in it or uh, an animal feeds off it. And uh, we owe our, our very existence to the earth and we better take care of it. On a scale of one to slave labor, how hard did you work as a kid? I worked hard. I really did. I was under the... Uh, it was a good impression. If you did this, you kind of got that. So when, uh, in my public school experience, there was always chores to be done on the farm. And, and as I got to be seven or eight or nine or ten, I got to be uh, more of a help. Yeah, I, I could do things that uh, a youngster couldn't. And then I, in my teenage years, I, uh, I, was, I was a great help to my dad. And I, I know he appreciated it. Worst summer ever. The worst summer would be... Or fall, the, or, you know, well, harvest season. Well, there's... <laughs> summertime brought heat. And uh, through July and August, most of the work was outside. Haying, uh, harvesting, uh, tending to cattle, fencing, all the things that you would do... Uh, and, of course, uh, you had to wear a hat or should have worn a hat. And a lot of farmers had that, what they called that summer tan that was across their <laughs> forehead. Farmer tan. Uh, <laughs> and you could well, you must have been a farmer because when you were out socially, you had that tan. Yeah, yeah. It was quite, quite evident. But the hardest chore ever. Did it not have something to do with potatoes? Yes, it did. Because uh, one, one year your dad decided to plant how many? Uh, seven acres. And that is a lot of potatoes. And that's a lot of picking potatoes by hand. 
Could, you those, didn't have a machine that did that? No, no, we picked them by hand. <laughs> and we had those wire baskets, and uh, they soon got filled, and then the bags were there. And there were 75-pound bags uh, in in the very beginning, and they were 100-pound bags, but they got them down to 75 pounds. And then in the uh, 4, 35 o'clock, uh, if it was going to be cool, you had to br- bring these bags into the barn or somewhere for a shelter. Yeah. And then, uh, Drew, uh, you would store some down in our cellar at the house to be sold uh, come January or February, when the price was a little higher than it was just off the field. So uh, many afternoons, Dad and I uh, picked, or at least culled, potatoes in the cellar, brought them up, and then took them to town or sold them. And it, it was another uh, another way of making revenue. I need to ask you just a personal question, if we could just change gears just a second. Uh, of course. Ask me what you like. Who was your inspiration when it came to the facial hair we now see on your face? Well, uh, partly uh, I, I missed a, a shaver, too, when we were in South, and Mary Lou thought, well, I'm not so sure about that. And uh, anyway, uh, one day led to the other, and finally we came home, and Mary said, well, I'll keep it, to, maybe keep it till Easter, maybe keep it to Father's Day. And it's still there. And I, when I look at you yes. uh, and, and look at me, we're, we're quite a bit alike. We are good-looking guys, <laughs> I'm we, telling you. We really are. <laughs> a, no, seriously, so I, my, my dad has never had facial hair, except oh, really? once where he grew a beard for some fundraising thing. That's right. Never had facial hair. So it was so more he, of a joke beard before. It was, yeah. But th- look at him now. This ain't no joke, baby. Oh, no. Hey? Oh, that's a walking stud muffin well, that, right there. That was Centennial in 1973, yeah. and that was a full beard, not touched until June. And then uh, it. I pick potatoes for that. Tim, <laughs> favorite Grant Marshall. Meanwhile, back in the farm story. Oh, two. You have two of them. Yes. Go. Chicken in the Kaibo. Chicken in the Kaibo. Right. Chicken in the Kaibo. Chicken in the Kaibo. Anyway, the people don't know what Kaibo means. Uh, chicken in the outhouse. Yes. <laughs> to, to get the poopy smell under control. Hold on. So, again, uh, this really is the should, best story ever. I shouldn't have told you that. No, it was the no, best. it was the best. <laughs> I asked Dad, what do, you do, a true story. what do you do when the crapper fills up? I'm sorry, the outhouse fills up. I said, do you move it or do you dig it out? He says, well, you don't move it. The path is worn to it. You, yeah. you dig it out. But first, you kill a chicken, throw it in, let it rot and decompose. The maggots decompose the poop. Then you shovel the poop out. You put it on the rhubarb. Mm, they rhubarb. had the best rhubarb patch around. It's still there today. Nice. And uh, tied for second is... Uh, the when they killed the dog and made mittens out of him? Yep. <laughs> no kidding. Yep. Did your dad... Yes, he did. ...not kill the dog who was sick? Let's just put a little uh, well, soft I'm, moment there. I'm not there. sure how the dog died, but the, the dog's name was Tiny, and it was a, a coolie. Oh, a so coolie they were OJ dog. gloves. Yeah. There were coolie, coolie dogs, or coolie mitts. Yeah. And they went w- well up his, his arm wrist. because, yeah. uh, and there was, it was, I sometimes even wore the things. They were great big guys and they, yeah. they kept you warm. And yeah. those winters, I'm telling you, they're, they were cold. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, only, the only mittens you could yell come and they would. <laughs> <laughs> you put those mittens on so you wouldn't get bit from that frost yeah. bit there. Yeah, just it. don't say sit. <laughs> Roll. <laughs> 
you've had some incredible stories. You've shared a lot of. Well, it's been a pleasure to be on your show. Really, it has. It's been a, a but you know, delight for me. You know how this started, right? I I knew that you have some of the best stories ever, and I knew that if we didn't get these stories, well. one of these days they'd be long gone. And I knew you weren't going to write them down. No. I knew I couldn't give you some electrical device because you're just not sharp with that stuff. And you record them, right? You weren't going to do that. And all no, of a sudden, I, I thought, if we can get them on the show, they'll be recorded well, forever. Well, they will be. And then I'm very uh, much appreciated. And I think, you know, I had a story to tell yeah. these last few years. And uh, it uh, it is waning a little bit. And uh, the farming now is much, much different than... I was used to. Yeah. What do you think of our farm? Well, I thought it was, I said to Bev on the way in, I was quite impressed when we were there last Monday night. It's, uh, lawns are cut, the house is in great shape, there's a barn, I know, I know you'll have horses sooner than later, it's just, a bit, it's bound to happen. Yeah. And uh, I, w- I was quite, and, and Bev's kitchen is certainly... But I just found out recently that the farmer that farms the big fields around us, so we have one, two, three, three big large paddocks in the barn and then, of course, the property that the house is on. But there's big fields all around it, and the guy that farms it, they planted soybeans this year. I guess you rotate them. So last year was corn, soy this year, and then winter wheat next year, I guess, right? That's right. Well, the soybeans are growing up, sorry, weeds are growing up amongst the soybeans. And I thought, well, why, why didn't he kill all the weeds before? But you know what they do? They spray it with Roundup. Now, even though the soybeans have grown up because they've genetically modified the soybeans, so when they spray the poison they on it, they won't be killed. They won't be killed. No. Doesn't that make you want to eat soy? <laughs> yes, it does. Well, that's so. That's farming, and yeah. they go along with those big arms of spray on either side. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's all. It's quite a bit different. Do you remember when you're on that TV show I did, and we talked about um, embalming? Yeah, I think that's kind of in the past, but. <laughs> Uh, and and uh, truly in the past, yeah. But uh, yeah, that was, was that was my vocation, and uh, as you know. Uh, oh, you mean sorry? You mean your funeral uh, stuff is in the past? Well, I thought you meant my TV career. No, wow. No. Yeah, well, it's starting to wind down today as well. Yes, it is. Yeah, the the uh, that broadcast. part of it anyway. No, that was fun, and I don't think it, we've ever had anybody. Well, I know that uh, 100 Huntley Street and CTS and those guys, they've never talked about uh, how to embalm a body. So we've brought mm. another first. Yeah, yeah. Eh? We, we were interviewed out at uh, Huntley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You were on the show and I was there too. So it's it's been a great relationship. Another place I, I was suggested and, uh, that uh, I leave. <laughs> All right, well, listen, at this particular point, uh, we're coming up to the last 10 minutes of the Drew Marshall show. And we could not have finished, of course, without having... Grant Marshall in for his final segment of Meanwhile Back on the Farm. Thank you so much. But we're going to, at this point in time, all get our singing voices in because we need to do something very special. So I want you to get ready because we are going to sing happy birthday to a very special somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, the last show today, June 29th, is also my wife Bev Marshall's birthday. And we are now going to sing in a very polite and distinct manner. Oh, no, it's got to be awful. No, it's got to be awful? Yeah. Yes. Bev would like the worst version of Happy Birthday Ever. <laughs> there you go. Sung by the Beatles. Yeah. All right, we can't use that. It's illegal. Oh, okay. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. 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 Happy bir
Beverly. For those of you just tuning in, this is 100 Huntley Street Radio. (laughs) All right, well, the last word is going to Tim the Tool. About 12 years ago, my old friend from summer camp asked me about the possibility of coming into the studio during a show to watch live radio. This song that's playing now was our first theme song, Lean and Heavy. Uh, the following week, Tim asked if he could come back, and then the next week, he asked if he could come back, and I just decided if he's going to keep coming back, i got to put him to work. So Tim ended up making numerous mistakes every show, and thus garnered Amen. the nickname Tim the Tool. Over the last 12 years, though, he has become an integral part of the show, and of course, Tim and I developed this on-air shtick of an old married couple who were just sick and tired of each other. That is not the truth. No. Uh, but I cannot wait for the show to be over. Yeah. Honestly, the show was never the same again, and neither was I. So to honor my good friend, Tim the Tool, he has the last word. All right. (laughs) How do I put into words the last 12 years and how this is meant to me? Um, I've written them down because of three reasons. One, I don't want to forget anything. Two, I'm probably going to lose it at some point. Number three, um, Drew turns out when I ramble. Um, That's true. All right, keep going. Yeah, how do you put into words uh, the last 12 years? Just so many unspoken moments, usually really immature between the two of us. Yes. You know, funny things guests say, double entendres that were either intended or not. (laughs) Um, Ridiculous things that guests say, you know, those mind-blowing moments, good or bad, that we just sort of looked at each other and went like, what? Um, Those moments, you know, (laughs) where we were speaking each other's thoughts, you know, singing out songs and quoting movies, you know, and if you do. And if if you you do. So, um, you know, you're the only person I've been in a longer and more committed relationship other than my wife. So I broke it down into two parts, the Drew Marshall Show and and Drew Marshall. So first the show. Um, It's been my church for the last three or four years exclusively. Um, And in hindsight, probably on some level for even more than that. Uh, It has challenged, grown, pushed and informed my faith. Um, It has been a real privilege to be a fly on the wall for some of the most interesting, exasperating, intriguing, wonderful, and awesome people and discussions on the planet. Um, And to be honest, it was kind of cool going to work the next day and get, you know, hey, you know, I talked to so-and-so and and -and so-and-so the other day and -and so-and-so. I love that you ticked off the certain tests Mm. and that you allowed the rest of us and gave us permission to ask those questions. Um, The show allowed me a creative outlet. Otherwise, I probably would have burst in my own personal life. And in many ways, uh, the show, um, and this is a segue into you, have been a lifeline for me. Much more important you, Drew Marshall, uh, my friend, my my bromance, and my brother. We've known each other for 36 years, and you're one of the few people that have remained in my life for that long. Um, But more importantly, I would say you have become my closest and most trusted friend for the last eight years, at least. Um, You were there in the midst of my deepest and darkest depression when I was finally diagnosed. You supported, you coached, you encouraged me, you asked me questions, and it meant the world to me. Um, (laughs) I screwed up royally constantly, but you kept me around, and that was a big part of my healing. Um, My continued uh, participation in the Drew Marshall Show was a big part of getting me through my depression. Um, Over the years, Drew has trusted me with things, and I with him. Um, that means a lot, having someone's trust and to be able to be trusted and to trust someone else. You've teach me to challenge. You've taught me to challenge things. Don't take them at face value. Um, to try and not care what others think. Taught me brutal honesty. That compassion doesn't have to come with compromise. 
Uh, because of this show and in my interactions with you, I listen better, I ask better questions. I've learned how to disagree with people and still be their friend. Um, you've taught me to step beyond uh, your current knowledge. But I think what you really did is you helped me to understand who I am and be comfortable in the person that I am. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you, Tim. Love you. Good job. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Well, we need to fill the air with some kind of sarcasm uh, yeah. to get uh, rescue us out of that. Tell us a fart joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Uh, that that is that's all she wrote, as they say. And I know we said Tim has the last word, but that doesn't make any sense because obviously I've got something I need to say. So let me finish with this. Before I go, I want to thank everybody who helped make the Drew Marshall show the most listened to spiritual talk show in Canada, from my behind-the-scenes gang, Gordo, Andy, Noel, Michelle, Phil, and Shauna, to the 50-plus college or university kids who came in as interns along the way. Uh, they're all nameless because I can't remember them except for Erica. <laughs> and Rachel, because they're actually here right now. And of course, uh, we've mentioned Shauna, but she's not an intern. Uh, and to the, all the voiceover talent we've used, especially Mari, Maria, Rebecca, Ted, Bud, and Hans, and even my own family members, uh, Dad, Josh, Jess, and of course, Bev. And uh, biggest thanks goes out to my pal, Tim. I hate admitting this, buddy, but the show got a whole lot better when you came on board. Thank you, my friend. To the hundreds of thousands of listeners, thank you for letting such a spiritually uncoordinated, uncertain, inconsistent hypocrite explore the spiritual angst between doubt and hope. I'm not sure I'll ever truly understand certainty when it comes to invisible stuff like God, which is why I felt that the, uh, the world of spiritual broadcasting really needed someone to help us all laugh at ourselves a little while pursuing a greater understanding of a creator. It has been an actual huge privilege to stumble towards the light every Saturday with you, the listener. Thank you very much. I feel good about the decision to end the show because uh, this will give me time to focus on the two things I want to focus more on, my wife and my writing. To my father sitting beside me, Dad, thank you for adopting me and giving me such an incredible life. I just wish Mom had lived long enough to have seen me make something of my life. <laughs> and uh, finally, to my wife, Bev, thank you for allowing me back into your life. Um, I love you. Yeah, yeah. That's the end of the Drew Marshall Show. May you all find the God who sees you. Uh, of course, if you missed any of today's show, just follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and we'll let you know when all the interviews from today are loaded onto Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartMedia, and our website, drewmarshall.ca. And to everyone else who actually doesn't care about when our show gets loaded onto the website, your prayers have finally been answered. The Drew Marshall Show is off the air. Well, thank God you're not the jury. Thank God I'm not the judge. Here's to a bigger picture. Here's to the bigger.